Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Podcasting Resources Guide podcast, where we celebrate podcasters, podcasting culture, and the creators whose tools we often feature on the Podcasting Resources Guide. My name is Jürgen Berkessel. I'm the founder of the Podcasting Resources Guide, and I wanted it to be more than just a free directory of podcasting tools. You'll also find comments, reviews, pros, cons, and guidance in the form of advice and tutorials for many of the resources that we ourselves have used, have used as an agency. So in this episode, I am super excited to feature serial podcasting entrepreneur Alex Sanfilippo, the creator of several amazing platforms for podcasters, such as Podmatch, Podcast SOP, Pod Lottery, and Pod Talks. Now, for this episode, we used an asynchronous recording technology that allowed me to send audio questions to Alex, which he then answered in his own time. So this episode is light on the usual back and forth banter, but I hope you will feel, find this compensated by hearing from Alex directly. So let's get started. Welcome to the Podcasting Resources Guide, your go-to destination for discovering the best podcasting platforms, tools, and gear. Alex, for many in the podcasting space, you may need no introduction, but for the few podcasters who don't know about you yet, or the solutions that you have built, can you tell us a little about both? Jürgen, real quick, I want to say thank you so, so much for having me. I really appreciate your contribution along with the Polymash team to podcasting and making it a better place for us all. So thank you so much. As Jürgen mentioned, my name is Alex Sanfilippo, and I'm actually the co-founder of podpros.com. Now, you mentioned some of my services, which I'm sure we'll get into, but the umbrella, if you will, that it all falls under is podpros.com. And our goal there is just to create software solutions to help podcast guests and podcast hosts go further faster. I have a passion for helping this podcasting industry, specifically the independent voices within it, get their message out and heard by more people. I'm through and through podcasting. This is what I do full time. I absolutely love it. I'm so thankful to be in this space, again, serving this community of people, adding value wherever and however I can. So thankful to be here. And thanks again for having me. Thank you. Many of us know about some of your single solutions, like, for example, Podmatch. But tell us a little more about PodPros as an umbrella organization. How did that come about? So this is kind of a funny story. We first launched with Podmatch, as you, you said. So that's kind of like our flagship product. It's also our oldest product. It's the first thing we had. And then we decided we were going to launch a second product, which was Podcast SOP. And my content team comes to me and, and they said, okay, well, we need to build out a blog for both because we need to have one for Podmatch, one for Podcast SOP, and we need social media uh, now to create a whole, a whole other set of social media accounts for Podcast SOP. And I immediately said, no. And they're like, what? I'm like, we're going to create a parent organization because we want to build more things. And I do not want to have blogs and social media accounts for all of it. Dear God, we don't need more of that, right? So that's where Pod Pros came from. I decided, hey, we really, at some point, want to really focus on the education. We want to focus on the community aspect. And I don't want all these little pocketed communities for each of these products and services. So that's, again, that's where Pod Pros came from. And the way we say it is we are Pod Pros. Not just me, not just my team, but also anybody who is a member of our community. And so that's the entire educational wing. It's what our blog is under. It's what our social media is under. And then the services are just kind of the bonus of what PodPros offers to people. Based on the products and services you've designed and developed over the years, you've landed on podcasting and you've been really innovative in this space. What is it about podcasting that excites you and that you're so committed to? 
to answer this, I'm going to jump into a little bit more of my background. So before podcasting, I was an aerospace executive. Now, before anyone listening gets all excited, I wasn't an astronaut, I wasn't a skydiver, and I wasn't a fighter pilot, right? Like I was none of those things. I worked at a company that focused on part support for aircraft that focused below the atmosphere, meaning they weren't going into space. And again, part support, right? We were a parts manufacturer. I worked behind a computer. And yes, I worked my way up over 15 years. But when I ended there, I was an executive in the company and we we're a big multi-billion dollar publicly traded company. And I focused on the company's profit margins and processes. My divisions were all about protecting those things in the company. But something happened. I realized I didn't want to be in corporate anymore. And that really happened when we went public because I realized that now that there's a board and shareholders, we did things much slower. And I guess it's the goal of, of companies, especially like that. So we really did achieve what we're going out to do and we became huge, right? And I'm very thankful for my time there. I learned so much from it. But I just realized I had a little bit of an entrepreneurial itch. But after 15 years in corporate, you don't really know how to be an entrepreneur, if that makes sense. So I tried a few things, a couple side hustles here and there. Nothing was really working out. And it's because I really was a good corporate employee, but not a great entrepreneur. So I decided to start a podcast. And Jurgen, I did that because I was like, you know what? Free coaching. I love having conversations. I'd love to share with other people and see if it can help. And basically, my show at that point was focused on learning how someone left corporate and started as an entrepreneur successfully. How'd they leave that nine to five job and become a successful entrepreneur? And I just talked to people about their journey and did it in a way that other people, including myself, could follow it and apply that in our own lives. So two things happened. First, I learned how to become an entrepreneur. But two, and more importantly, I realized I was passionate about podcasting. And what I learned when it came to becoming an entrepreneur, this is a little bonus for everybody here, is how you do it is you find an area of passion, you get into that community, you find out what that community is struggling with, and you create a solution for that struggle. And again, that area of passion I found was podcasting. So I started speaking all the conferences and, and getting into it. And then I really realized that the first problem that people were having, especially back then, was hosts were having trouble finding guests and guests were having trouble finding podcasts. And that's where Podmatch came into being. That was the solution to the problem that I found. And that's what brought me into the podcasting space. And I love it because it has an abundance mindset. Everyone I talk to is just positive. They love impacting lives and, and helping people. And I, I like that because I came from an industry that's actually very cutthroat and very competitive to now being very collaborative and open-minded. So that's what brought me here. And I think I'm in, in podcasting for the long term. I really, really love it. How do you come up with your innovations? Can you share a story that illustrates one or two of your products and how they came to life? What do they offer podcasters? Sure thing. So as I was just mentioning, I, I found that area of passion, got into the community, found their problem, offered a solution. And how I actually did that, like we'll go back to Podmatch, that being the flagship product we have right in the first one we did, is I just started at this conference that I was at. I actually was on stage speaking and I made a point that when I got off of stage, I was going to ask as many people who would talk to me what they were struggling with because that room was all podcasters. And I heard a bunch of things. I had a lot of different things I heard, but I heard one very common trend and it was this. Alex, I'm having trouble finding the ideal guest for my show. And I just kind of kept on writing these things down. I had pen and paper in hand and I was writing them down every time someone says something, kind of ticking it off. And when 100 people had said almost exactly the same thing about having trouble finding those guests and also having people that came up to me that weren't podcasters that just wanted to say thank you, saying, hey, do you know any podcasts I can be on? I realized there's the problem. That's the one that I want to solve. And so what I did is I, I just believe in MVP, minimum viable product. I didn't go out and find a logo and uh, someone to design a logo and all the branding and stuff. No, what I did is I offered just the fastest solution I possibly could. So I had that idea 
on March 10th, 2020. And on June 15th, 2020 is when we launched into an early beta. It had no logo, mostly text-based, super slow, super ugly. But what mattered is to me was, did it solve the problem that you told me you had? Now, the way that we determined that is anybody who would talk to me, I was writing down their contact information. So believe it or not, the first 100 people to use Podmatch were the 100 people I met at that conference. I said, hey, you told me this was a problem. Sign up for this. It's free right now. Tell me if this is actually solving the problem. And I heard a lot of things like, yes, but you need a logo. Yes, but it's really slow. Yes, but it's ugly. But at the end of the day, I focused on the one thing, the yes. So I believe on starting ugly, which means starting as quickly as you can, and then focusing on continuous improvement. And the reason we do that is because sometimes I've had other ideas that people said was a problem, but when we offered the solution, they weren't interested. So why waste the time spending all, like, spending all this time to build it out and to do all that when instead you can say, you know what, let's go MVP and see if it works. The other thing that I did is when I went home from that conference is instead of reinventing the wheel of like, what's something totally innovative the world has never seen that we can find a way to bring a guest and host together. Instead of doing that, I said, what industry does this right? The dating app industry. They do a good job. Now, I've been married longer than dating apps have been around. However, I have friends that are single. So I asked them, can you tell me how this dating app works? And realizing that, you know what, this is a matching service. We'll mimic that model for podcast guests and hosts. And based off the same similar algorithms, we're able to build something that was really valuable. So again, the way that we've been able to build these things and bring them to life is first and foremost, validating the problem through an MVP, right? Not overworking it, not spending years on it, not spending a lot of money. And then two, not reinventing the wheel, finding somebody in another industry that's already doing something similar in a right way. And by doing this, we solved what I think is actually a simple problem in a simple way for the industry that I really care about and passionate about. What about some specific stories of how your clients are successfully using your tools? What kind of feedback makes you happy about that? So this right here, this is my favorite thing to talk about. I love success stories. I, I guess any founder does because it feels like someone talking nice about your baby, right? And that's, that's what we all want to hear is proud parents, for lack of a better term. One of my favorite things to hear is from the people that share that they had an extreme struggle. And I've, I've heard this many times, so this story won't be super specific, but I'm so thankful every single time I hear it. Alex, I was about to give up. This just wasn't working for me. Then I found you. I found your education. I found Podmatch or Podcast SOP or Pod Lottery. I found this thing and it gave me a reason to keep on going. And now I'm thriving. I met this person through what you do and this person and that person. And here I am today doing really well. Now, I know it's a bit of a generic story, but I've heard that almost word for word hundreds of times at this point. And I love, 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 love hearing that. Because in the day, if we can help one podcaster every day or every week, or every month, whatever we can help, right? If we can help that one person keep at it, I know that their content is serving the world and adding value to somebody's life. Now, they might not change the whole world, but they can change one person's world with what they do. So I am so excited that if I can help them impact that one life. I know that's going to snowball into making that person's community and life a better place. And maybe I'm taking that too deep, right? Like I'm a software founder. I should be talking about bigger number stuff, right? But at the end of the day, what I really care about, once again, is impacting those lives. So hearing those stories is so encouraging to me. The other thing that we've been able to do, and I'm so thankful for this, because of the connections that happen through all three of our services and through our community, is that there's been a handful of people reach out to me saying, hey, I had a six-figure business that's now a seven-figure business and I can tie it directly back to what you do. I actually think we've got about 10 to 15 people that have told me that directly. That is amazing. 
building millionaires with what we do. It adds so much value that people are breaking that seven-figure mark. So excited about that. And to me, it's not about the money, but I know that they're making that money because they're actually adding value and making an impact in people's lives. Those type of stories make me so excited. And at the end of the day, though, my absolute favorite is with that person who is lost, confused, but passionate to serve the world. If they can come into our ecosystem and I can have some one-on-one with them, or I can bring them into one of the products or services that they need, and in turn, it keeps them going and fueling their passion and helping them really impact that life. At the end of the day, that's what gets me excited. That's what keeps me waking up every day to do this and to serve this community and network that we have. As a leader in the podcasting industry, what matters most to you? What's the value podcasting and entrepreneurs like you offer the world of media? What really matters to me in this podcasting space, and I'm probably sounding a little bit repetitive by saying this, but again, it's about the listener. It's about that one person who needs the content that podcasters are creating. So for me, what matters is helping the truly passionate, the truly servant-minded podcast hosts continue to get out there. And for me, I just want to make sure that continues to happen. And also, I really believe in the decentralization of podcasting. I never want it to become like YouTube, where it's just under one umbrella. And I'm not going to get into the politics of things, of course, but the, you know, the only thing that gets out there is what YouTube wants you to hear and see. The rest of it kind of gets shut out. Podcasting isn't like that. Podcasting is you can find what you're looking for and what you need. And because of that, I believe it's the ultimate form of media that's serving the world right now. So as a leader in this industry, I want to, first off, protect the decentralization of it. That's so important. And then I want to elevate those independent voices on either side of the mic so they can really add value and serve that one listener who needs it most because that's what changes a life. And to answer the second part of the question here, what's the value, like my value in podcasting as an entrepreneur, like how do I serve and what do I offer to this world of media is the simplification of administration. Sounds pretty fancy, right? At the end of the day though, if you think about it, I'll use Podmatch as my first example here. Your listener doesn't care if it took you six or eight months to find a guest, right? What they care about is hearing the interview. So if I can help you go from that six to eight month mark of trying to get land the right guest to one to two weeks or one to two days, I just saved you a bunch of time that you can now spend with your listeners. And I think one of the biggest problems in the world of media is it's so consumer or consumption driven is a better way to say it, which means people that are content creators, they're on TV, they're on radio, everything. Their goal is to push out as much to get as much back as they can from a download or listenership or watch perspective. But instead, what I really think is missing, we're going to find that happens in media is we're going to see more and more communities get formed, which means that old consumption mindset is going to go away, which is just like, we're here to make money, to get downloads, to have people consume what we do. Instead, it's going to turn into a community. So again, the way that we've been able to simplify the administrative process for podcasting through all of our softwares is so that you can focus more on the community and less on the stuff that no one ever sees and doesn't actually matter to them. That way you can keep your mindset right and stay focused on the people that once again, you're showing up to serve. I believe that's the value that I'm adding as an entrepreneur and in this world of media. As you continue to innovate and educate, what dreams do you have for the health and integrity of the industry? What would you like to see more of? Jurgen, this is a really important question. I'm going to answer it first off with a stat. And this stat you can find just about anywhere, but there's a very high failure rate in podcasting. About 90% of people who start and pass the pod fade line, so seven episodes, it's like a 99% failure rate up to that. But after that, there's still a 90% failure rate within the first 12 months. Almost nobody keeps on podcasting. And my focus, my dream, my vision for the future of this thing, and what we do is to keep more people podcasting. 
Now, here's the thing. I don't want to keep everyone podcasting because I'd say about 50% of people who start one start with the wrong intent. They, uh, they want to get rich. They're going to become the next Joe Rogan. They want to be famous, right? They want to do it for status, for all these things, or they have some sort of ill intent. Like that's probably 50% of people. And that's not all bad. Some people are just like, oh, I'm curious. I want to see if I like podcasting. They start it. They hate it. They stop. Perfectly fine. Not a problem. I'm not there to help those people. It's the other 40%, right? 10% make it, 50% don't really need to be in the space, but 40% that do have a message. They have a passion. They have a purpose for being in the space, but they stop. Those are the people that I want to help and serve. I'm doing my best to figure out how to locate them as early on as possible to take them by the hand and pull them up just, just one step. I'm not the ultimate power or knowledge base in podcasting, but if I can help them take one step in the right direction and pass them over to somebody like Polly Mash and Jurgen, right? You can keep them going. And the idea is just let's help this group of people that are passionate, that want to serve, not feel alone and give them a tool set that can help them. And this sounds crazy because I know I'm, I'm a, a software founder, but I don't really care about the money. And I know that probably makes a lot of people say it makes me a bad entrepreneur to think that way, but I care about the service and value I can add. And I know I'm adding value and service if somebody can continue podcasting, if they can keep on sharing that passion. That's what I want to see more of. I want to see a lower churn rate, which means people who stop in podcasting. I'd like to see that 90% failure rate turn into an 80%. That's a big dream. It really is huge. And I'm not going to be able to do it alone. I'm always looking for people to collaborate with. And I'm, I'm extremely collaborative in this space. I'm always looking for more people to help out and to further that dream. But that's where I see the future of this thing going, is us working together as established podcasters, taking the hand of the new people that share our same vision and passion to serve others and bringing them along with us so they can stay in the game longer. What's next for Pod Pros? Tell us a little about what you're planning next and where you see Pod Pros in the future. Well, I can say that it's really exciting times for Pod Pros. Here's the thing you're probably expecting me to share like our next software drop. We don't actually have one. Little secret. I've only actually shared that right here. We decided that these three softwares we offer, Podmatch, Podcast SOP, and Pod Lottery, are going to be the three softwares we really dive in on. So what we're focused on this year is improving that for everybody. Like I said, we did our best to start ugly, which just means an MVP, get it out as quickly as you can, and then focus on continuous improvement. As podcasting evolves, as the tool set grows, we're going to look to integrate more people's tools into it to, again, really help that independent podcaster who needs it or podcast guest who's just trying to improve their craft. So for us, it's going to be a really doubling down on, again, improving each of our softwares, making them better and better, adding little features that make the whole process easier, but also doubling down on the education side of things, bringing people into our ecosystem, finding the ones that we believe, hey, this person can make it in podcasts and they can do really well and taking those people through the whole process together while using our tool set. That's what we're planning next. So it's just to make a bigger impact on more podcasters' lives. Again, with the focus of we're going to serve one person today and they're going to turn, going to serve one person. And that's how the world is going to change. Just one podcaster and one listener at a time. Alex, thank you for sharing your stories and insights into Pod Pros with us. I just wanted to say in closing, I feel privileged to know you, compliments on everything you've built, and I'm very much looking forward to more. Thanks for listening, and you can find us at podcastingresourcesguide.com.